Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Daniel Gordon, son, husband, and one quarter of the amazing Stunt Show team here on the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find the Stunt Show here every Thursday at 6 p.m. As part of this amazing team, one quarter of the time you can find me as I hope to bring you a small taste of the amazing life God has blessed me with, the inspiration I draw from the always entertaining world of sports, and of course, country music. Coming to you from the Nachum Siegel Studios, on what my parents tells me is the historic Lower East Side, and I'm joined by Stan. Stan, I haven't seen you since my first show. How are you doing? Excellent. Can't complain. Last time we spoke, I think I don't think the season had started yet, the football season. And since then, <laughs> the season has ended. Yes, uh, it has. Yes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> if, during or after the show, you realize that you'd like more Daniel Gordon, please email me at daniel at nachamsegel.com. Seriously, your honest feedback and comments about the show are welcomed and appreciated. And I hope this show will gain its inspiration and content from you, the listeners. Speaking of listeners, I want to give two quick shout-outs to those I know that are listening. One, my very lovely wife, Aviva Wilner gordon Hi, Aviva. I'll be home soon. And second, to my guest wife, Atara Joel. But more, more about her later. Each month, I hope to cover material from the inspirational world of sports, my one-of-kind life and perspective, and the deep genre of country music. In its own crazy way, the world of sports has given us a welcome distraction from last week's tragedy at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Sandy Hook Village of Newton, Connecticut. Whether it was Chris Johnson of the NFL's Tennessee Titans rushing for a 94-yard touchdown against my beloved Jets with the names of all 26 victims on his shoes, or the Newtown High School girls basketball team taking on its longtime rival, Massac High School from Monroe, where they not only blanketed the walls at Newton High with cutouts of stick figures linking arms and a banner reading Newtown Strong was placed just below the scoreboard and 26 balloons, 20 white, 6 green in the Sandy Hook Elementary's colors hung along the sidelines. And in addition to that, there was a 26 second moment of silence. But they also raised $2,200 in donations for the Sandy Hook victims. It was big acts like that or just the simple acts of kindness from Victor Cruz reaching out to the victims' families and Derek Jeter making just a simple call that may have changed their lives and given them just a, a little something to smile about. The world of sports did and will continue to provide a welcome relief from last week's tragedy. Tragedy, And although I plan to address this tragedy again at the end of the show, I share that same goal tonight. I don't think there's a better way to face a tragedy, a tragedy and try to distract ourselves from it than with our friends by our sides to talk about serious things and also to have a good time. And so tonight, I welcome my best friend, Nachum Joel, as my guest. Nachum, or Andrew as he is known in the workplace, Joel is an account executive at I. David Gordon Associates, Inc., a boutique insurance brokerage firm in Manhattan, and a good portion of my Yerusha. He is a founding member of the brand new Stanford Acapella Group and a former member of the Maccabees. He and his wife, Atara, live in Riverdale, New York. Welcome, Nachum, and thank you for being here. It is a pleasure. I've been dreaming about this day. Since you've listened to my other three shows, I know that you are certainly a big fan. <laughs> this isn't your first show? No, this is my fourth, but good try, because you have given me great feedback, also known as criticism, each time. Haven't heard a positive word yet, but now, when I listen to the archives, I'll get to criticize you right back. Appreciate that. Anytime. Um, so, like I said, uh, Nachum and I are best friends, but I think that it's interesting because, in life, friends take you through the good times um, and the bad times. Uh, fortunately, we haven't had that many bad times, um, except for you know you making fun of me till I cry. That was a good time. And the time that I ripped you at your offer that you cried. That was a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there have been good times and bad times. And I really feel fortunate to have met, um, you know, Nachum a little later in life. We were in our teenage years. So the, I guess the first question I have to ask you, Nachum, is how did you survive without me? It was easy. Times were just so much simpler back then. Before uh, cell phones and the internet. Yes. And then you and your twin show up and oh, mayhem. Well, now you, uh, now, now you work with that twin brother of mine. Uh, how's that for you? It's great. It's hard just because I can't get a break from your face. You're here. <laughs> I live near you. And then I go to work. And it's like you're there. It's, it's very interesting. So for those, for all of you who probably don't know, uh, Nachum actually, as I mentioned, works at I. David Gordon Associates. Um, which I think he's keeping a tally of all the times he makes fun of me. I see a little sheet. <laughs> I'm going to need, need more paper. <laughs> uh, so uh, Nachum works for my parents at I. David Gordon Associates, and everybody knows that I actually work at Yeshiva University, um, where I'm the manager of presidential communications and public affairs. So I work for his dad. Some people think that's crazy. I just call it job security. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, because otherwise you would probably have not a job. You you probably wouldn't have a job. <laughs> and then there was silence. Um, so Nachum and I actually both live in Riverdale. Everybody knows that I live in Riverdale. Nachum uh, was one of the reasons you chose to live down the block um, in Riverdale because I live there. 
No, it's because everybody in Riverdale lives on the same three blocks, so it wasn't much option. Everybody who doesn't know anything about Riverdale, just know it's kind of like suburbia, a little quiet, but yet has the city feel. Uh, it has tall buildings. Nachum lives on the sixth floor without a Shabbos elevator, so that's always a blast. Love the invites, hate the stairs. <laughs> but uh, Atara's cooking certainly uh, makes up for it. So uh, Nachum and I also share a lot of the same interests. Uh, one of those interests actually sports. I've had the great pleasure of beating Nachum many times in sports. Um, and on this show, we try to cover uh, sports from kind of a different angle. So the question is, what role um, does sports play in all of our lives? And I mentioned before that I think that sports has been a welcome distraction from the tragedy. Uh, recently, we spoke uh, earlier in the uh, earlier on the show um, a couple weeks ago about the benefit that I think sports played after the hurricane and certainly after 9-11. So what role does sports play for you in your life, Malcolm? Um, it's a good question. I can see from looking at you, you're more of a, you watch sports as opposed to playing too much sports, which is fine. We can hit the scales anytime you want, buddy. <laughs> um, sports has been, um, huge in my life, both from, um, watching and from participating in high school. I did both, but a lot of watching also, unfortunately, as, uh, I didn't get to play too much in high school for our championship team. Um, every team needs a good water boy. That's right. You get a trophy nonetheless. So. Um, it Sports has always taught, you know, teamwork, um, how to deal with losing from a, from a young age. You know, in six, like sixth grade maybe, I think, like everybody gets a trophy. And that's wonderful because at the end of the day, everybody's a winner. And it's not about just winning. It's about having a good time. Um, but even in high school, losing like big games, it's it's tough to deal with. And to have the people like you fight with, to try and win by your side, um, it teaches you lessons and 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 like companionship and and what like true friendship can do, like to overcome um, both not achieving and achieving together. I think, yeah, I think the teamwork part of it is certainly the thing that's always stood out for me because there are so few things in life um, that each person does. Um, with a team, even though we all work and we all do all these things uh, within groups, we work as a team. You can't win a basketball game by yourself. You can try and you can certainly carry a team with, you know, some of us have had the opportunity to do in our lives um, <laughs> or you can be with the carried. Uh, those of you out there can judge who you think the carrier and the carrie um, were in this uh, when, whenever we've been on the same team. But um, certainly it's taught that. Uh, and it's also taught, I think, striving for bigger things, striving for better things. You know, somebody can be bigger than you, stronger than you, but you never know um, what's going to happen. Whereas sometimes you just won't get that job. You just won't get that A on the test no matter how hard you try, but certainly you can achieve things um, outside of that. And I think that's something I've been very fortunate to benefit from. Um, and I, I'm not sure you, you have, because after this you're going to play basketball, right? Correct. But the average age in that game is what, like 65? <laughs> The average age is, is probably 30s. It happens to be some 65. The average age, there's no chance I've been to the game. The average age, there's no chance there's 30. It's probably 40. Um, and since Nahum is 26, that means that there's at least some people that are significantly older than 40. I use sports to make me feel better also. That's and, another way. And to bond, the, the intergenerational bond of sports. I'm pretty sure Stan's coming tonight to play. Really? <laughs> Stan. Just brought down the age. <laughs> just, just brought down. Wow. Very nice. So, so Stan got to bring up uh, the Jets, but you are a Cowboy fan. Yes. So how does a Jewish guy from uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, then from New York, become a Dallas Cowboys fan? And I will say it's probably front-running because the Cowboys were great when we were younger, but let's hear your excuse nonetheless. Some would say front-running. I would say, well, I would blame my older brother. Blame because my life has been kind of disappointing the past few years in terms of rooting for the Cowboys. You're not a Jet fan. Just remember that. Oh, yeah. No, the Jets are the only team better at letting their fans down. Lead them on for a little bit like you're going to do well, and then just drop it. Um, but my older brother was a fan of the Cowboys, and he says that my grandmother was a Cowboy fan. She wasn't from Dallas, had nothing to do with the Cowboys, it's just a big cowboy fan. Well, that actually is a sentiment that's actually spread around the country because 
the Dallas Cowboys were America's and team. And are America's team forever. And so before the the popularity that is the NFL Network and all these things was spreading all the games around, the Dallas Cowboys were the team that got all the national coverage. And therefore, if you were from a small town or if you didn't have a team wherever you were, you rooted for the Cowboys. Our, one of my... Uh, one of my bosses, uh, Rabbi Josh Joseph, says, you know, talks about how he's a Dallas Cowboy be- uh, fan because he lived in Montreal and the Cowboys were the team that they saw in Montreal. So if you're from Canada, um, I guess you would think that one of the benefits of being from Canada is that you get to be a Cowboy fan, but it doesn't seem like that in recent years. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, like, if you look at TV shows and movies, when they reference, like, the tough, good football team, it's the Dallas Cowboys, like, little giants. You know, they have to beat the better team. That's the Cowboys. And and the worst team is always Yeshiva University. <laughs> Happens often. I, for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, um, most recently there was the second reference ever to Yeshiva's uh, athletic prowess. The first was on the West Wing, uh, which we'll actually talk about later in the show. But the great show on the West Wing, I believe it's in the first season, probably second or third episode. Um, they're talking about some outrageous um, bet, something that's most likely never going to happen. And... And Josh Lyman, I think, says, I'll take the Cowboys over Yeshiva University. No, so, takes, I'll take Yeshiva I'll over. I'll take Yeshiva over the Cowboys. And then just yesterday, uh, Billy Crystal, Google it. Uh, on Sports Center yesterday, Billy Crystal was interviewed about sports and fans asked questions. And they asked him um, about Notre Dame, if he thought Notre Dame was going to win the national title. So he says that Notre, he thinks Notre Dame is going to win the national title because they have God on their side. He would have picked Yeshiva. Um, but they don't have a sports team. And they so, don't play with the pigskin. And they won't play with the pigskin. That's, that was actually a great line. That was hilarious. Um, but anybody, by the way, uh, since I do work at Yeshiva, anybody who's willing to sponsor the Yeshiva University football team, uh, email me, daniel at Um And we also welcome anybody's feedback. Uh, we are live this evening. So if you have any comments, any feedback, feel free to email me at daniel at We will do our best to get to your questions. Um, as we move along... Uh, we got a long show ahead of us. Uh, we've covered a lot of good topics, but there's only one check mark on Nachum's uh, list. So, uh, so we're so far doing well. Um, as I mentioned, also Nachum. Uh, speaking of Jewish fame, uh, Nachum is uh, is now a member of the brand new group stand for. Uh, you will know, although this is radio, um, and Nachum's face was made for radio. You will know that uh, you you may recognize Nachum because he was the flip my latka in the air Maccabee. He was the one in the center flipping his latke in the air sometimes. <laughs> I think that's the official name. That's the, the, the flip my latke in the air. Maccabee. So, yeah. so, so that's what your action figure says? It says, exactly. Nachum Joel, flip my latke in the air, Maccabee. Exactly. What, what outfit would your, uh, would, your super, would your figurine be wearing? Just a white shirt, skinny tie. We don't. White. We just, That's what the Maccabees do. We don't really branch out to white, other White uniforms. shirt, skinny tie. But, but just, so, so I mentioned that you're in this new group, Stanford. Stanford yes. gonna going to explode the... Uh, the fashion trends of uh, of of yes of today and tomorrow. Well, <laughs> in our first video, we uh, we changed it up a little bit. We got to wear some colored shirts, which we were excited about. Some sweaters. Um, so staying away from the skinny ties. Staying away from the skinny ties, just like I or the, do, or the black ones, <laughs> just like I do. Right, but we're not doing it because of our gut. Um, I mean, I I. A confession. I when when I had the last time I had a, a famous Jewish singer here it was Noe Jacobson, and he made fun of my pants that are wide, which I'm actually wearing again another pair of wide pants. Today. And I do not. MC and, Hammer is jealous. And we, MC Hammer or uh, Ronald McDonald. He wears the big red ones. <laughs> um, and then we also spoke about skinny ties. And I said I don't understand skinny ties. It looks like you're wearing a belt around your neck. But I've actually have a new theory. Um, I will say that my boss, uh, Nachum's father, walked into. Uh, the office one day wearing a skinny tie. So I said, President Joel, I am so impressed. That is such a nice skinny tie. He says, I said, is that a new tie? He says, no, that's not a new tie. It's such an old tie. It's from the last time skinny ties were in. So I'm just ahead of the trend when, I guess, fat ties, if they're not skinny, fat ties come back in. Regular ties. Regular ties. I'm just back in because I cannot go buying a new wardrobe every time some celebrity out there and some... Uh, and, and and GQ magazine decide that it's time for skinny ties to come That's in. It's funny. I was um, I was looking through old photos, and my brothers and I we have tons of pictures wearing Lacoste shirts, and like back then they were Lacoste. Yeah, they were Lacoste. F- Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's not Lacoste. I, I guess I'm from a different place. I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> I'm just just making sure. Um, and we had tons of those shirts, and they were not cool at all, and I hated wearing them. So I gave them all away, and so sad. 
and now they came it back. became cool. And I was like, no, no, I used to have them. I, I swear, look at this picture. <laughs> look at this picture from when I was six, and my parents made me wear exactly. it to the group to the family photo shoot. Exactly, school pictures. What do you think is uh, what's your favorite fashion trend now? Is it skinny ties? Is it funky socks like I wear? I'm wearing a purple and gray argyle right now. Um, you are wearing brown and blue argyle. Very nice. I'm, I think I had that that influence um, on you. Target's finest. Target, great. Target's a great place to shop. Yeah. I do have one complaint though. Their one size fits all socks are too big for my feet. Do you find that? Or do you have big feet? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> the foot part from the heel to the toe is too big in Target socks. I hear you. There is a boys section. If <laughs> if you think that might benefit you. Wow. <laughs> no, I have. I don't even know how to respond to that. But uh, I guess we're all children hard. But back to the music. So so you and uh, three of your fellow Maccabees, as I understand. I didn't even get to answer my favorite. Oh yeah, what's your favorite fashion trend? Fashion trend. Well, speaking about Noe, uh, he does this new thing that he sh- gets his pants shortened so you can see the socks, but shortened like a good three to five inches. That I think it's capris, and I know capris are definitely not in because I tried and didn't go well. But I thought that, those were just shorts. That's definitely the most intriguing fashion trend that I'm. Uh, Slow to catch. Well, I think that's just a byproduct of the socks one. I Meaning the socks came first, and then the pants came second. I don't think people were wearing short pants before the funky socks. And by the way, trend I don't understand the mismatched <laughs> no, socks. Then oh, what about no socks? Okay, that's just but disgusting. like fancy loafers. That's just disgusting. <laughs> um, but but the the mismatching socks it just doesn't make any sense. I think that was an accident by a celebrity, and and now all of a sudden they're like selling you mismatched pairs. Exactly. But, you could just buy regular pairs and mismatch them. Exactly. Yourself. That's also possible. Um, you see, someone was selling um, three socks because people tend to lose a sock. So they're just not giving it to you to begin with? Absolutely. So then you end up with two. No, you're buying two pair, but it comes with an extra one. So you, you can lose one. It's okay. There's another one there. And are they the same three? Mm-hmm. They all match? Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty interesting. What happens if you wa- if you lose one of the ones that you've watched too much so it's already faded? Didn't I, think about I don't that. Know, use bleach. Didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so... So uh, so you and three of your colleagues, one of them being uh, Noah Jacobson, the other David Block, and the third being Emmanuel Shelley, have decided... Um, to- Emmanuel. 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 Emmanuel <laughs> I could sing. Um, okay. But uh, so, so you guys decided to start a new group. Can you tell us a little bit about the new group, Stand For? Yes, we are called Stand For. Um, That's F-O-U-R, correct? F-O-U-R, as in there are four of us. We had a fifth guy, but we couldn't think of a good name, so we dropped him. <laughs> Um, I was the fifth, but no, <laughs> but no offense taken. That's the reason we they chose you. the name over my voice. Um, and um, we left the Maccabees, the four of us, um, for a number of reasons, both personal and um, together. We um, we love making videos and we love spreading music, um, and we wanted to be able to go at our own pace, putting out videos um, of different meaningful content and. Life's hard as a, as a Maccabee. I know it's like, oh, we're not really so important, but the the schedule is is really hard and really busy. You go, um, you know, there are times where you go three out of four Sundays, uh, wake up six a.m., fly somewhere, concert, come back midnight, and you practice once a week for two hours um, at ten p.m. because everybody's got their own schedules. Some being in college, some being outside of work and um it was just it was getting really hard especially for those of us who have wives and are have careers and it's something we definitely want to continue doing but can't necessarily keep up with that pace so we decided let's take the four of us and and try and do this ourselves and see what we can do um so before we talk more about stanford do you have a favorite uh you know like i said it was a whirlwind i think everyone was shocked i remember um i will say that i was i was surprised um, when you auditioned for uh, the Maccabees, you actually did not tell me because you thought I'd make fun of you. So give me a little tick. I was embarrassed. Tick. Give me a little tick. But you guys uh, took off uh, like crazy. Do you have a favorite memory, um, a favorite story from your time at the um, with the Maccabees that really sticks out in your mind? Um, there are really amazing, amazing moments. Um, just from being in places like Hong Kong and um, other like amazing um, opportunities that I never would have had. But... The most epic in my mind is performing in Yerushalayim in the Jerusalem theater to a sold-out crowd, 1,500, which was, it was just so 
powerful in the room. And it was really right after Candlelight came out and uh, and it was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I think, I mean, the impact is something that is hard to measure, but it's certainly something that's that's needed in our community. You know, I I work at, at Yeshiva University and we do things that are impactful all the time. And I work for people who have been doing this for years. And the comment that, that people would say all the time was like, these little gut, the, these little teenagers. I've been doing this for twenty five years. I've been doing this for twenty years. I've been doing these for five, ten years. Like what they're doing is amazing because they get to impact all the people um, all around the world. Uh, you know, you've shared with me some of the stories of the people whose lives you know they got their heads picked up literally um, from your song "Keep Your Head Up" and all those things. So certainly, the impact has been amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Thank God, um, people have been amazing with sharing their feedback. Um, Mostly positive. That's those so, are the ones you want to read. And if you have any questions for Nachum, uh, you can email me at Daniel dot com right now uh, for the next twenty minutes, and I will be able to uh, to ask anything. Um, I know almost all his favorite foods and stuff, so that's pretty. Uh, that'll be lame. wacky mac. By the way, is the answer. That's what. That's a true friendship is. <laughs> that's a true friendship. Knowing is. the other person's somebody who makes foods. somebody who makes your, your your macaroni and cheese from the box for you. Um, well, are you going to tell him your trick? Well, I, listen, I. I haven't gone into all of my culinary expertise. By the culinary is the fancy culinary. way. Is the fancy way of saying culinary. I haven't gone into all the great things. Um, anybody who has um, been at the Champions Gate Conference, at Yeshiva University's Champions Gate Conference, knows how amazing my chalons are. Um, I've actually got people requesting my recipes. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting them out soon. I made an Asian chalant this past year, which was a hit. Uh, the year before, I made a little chalant with some potato cooking on the bottom. My, my Wacky Mac trick is just very simply to get rid of some of that artificial taste which i do love love it by the way i was having an argument before i get you couldn't my... make food that color if you tried yeah so before i get onto my recipe i was actually having a discussion in my office with noe about you know when you make wacky mac sometimes and it's like kind of grainy like all the stuff doesn't dissolve you get like a nice yeah. salty patch yeah do you like that or hate they get it? stuck in the wheels yeah, yeah do you like Ooh, that or hate that? those are amazing yeah so i love those noe's like did you ever realize that I'm like dude you didn't realize that <laughs> um but if you i put extra cheese in at the end Extra American cheese. Extra American cheese. Well, no, I like cheddar and mozzarella, but if I only have American, I put extra in, and I like the orange color, so you got to find orange cheese. Exactly. Otherwise, otherwise it doesn't work. Um, I will tell you a funny story. You you actually may remember this time. When I was, when my first year in college, I lived with my twin brother, Aaron. I lived in this amazing apartment a couple blocks from YU, and Aaron decided, because we love the Food Network, decided to make real macaroni and cheese. So if you watch, real macaroni and cheese is made with a cheese sauce that you pour over the noodles in a pan, and then you put breadcrumbs on top and more cheese and it uh and it crusts on top so there's my brother like making this thing and i'm like what are you doing he's i'm making this cheese sauce he says i want real cheese i don't want that fake stuff so i go over the package of the american cheese you ever read what it says in the american cheese no it says cheese food most of the american cheese is cheese food it's like a little bit of cheese product and also fake stuff that's why it tastes so good and maintains that like flimsy uh so he he can keep it in the fridge for years (laughs) so he turns actual years so he turns me he's like I want real cheese. I'm like, real cheese? That's probably less healthy than what I'm eating. But uh, but nevertheless. Um, so so you guys took off like crazy when you were in the Maccabees. Uh, and I was actually, we were recently at a Hanukkah party and it came up like the face recognition that it comes with it. There was this uh, young woman who said to you, I know you from somewhere and turned out that it was from your Maccabees videos. Um, but so so what has that been like? Like going to a restaurant or going to a movie and people just coming up to you like, oh, you're in the Maccabees and all that stuff. Um, I can imagine it being annoying, but it's got to be like, wow, like I can't believe this is happening to me. There are times where it is wonderful and it makes you feel great that people can uh, remember, A, your face for from something or um, B, remember what you've, that you, what, what I've done with this group. And um, so there are times it's really wonderful walking into, um, yeah, even an airport bathroom, somebody came in. Um, I was a little uncomfortable, but <laughs> the, the, yeah, I was going to say the, the network is rated G. So, <laughs> okay. From afar said to me, no. So it was, but there are times where it's, um, it's difficult and I don't know how real celebrities do it because they, they must not get a second of a break. There are times where I'm, um, you know, with my wife and we just want to go somewhere, um, for dinner, but it's Jewish kosher restaurant. So everybody, you know, is going to be there. Um, and people come over and say hi, and it's great and it's wonderful. But sometimes you just want to have you got a moment. To have yourself. you gotten any like amazing like perks? Like celebrities at least get front row tickets to the Knicks, or I, I guess they can afford them. Have you like you guys gotten anything besides the press covers? Like 
you go on to El Al and they're like, oh, come into first class. We have open seats or something like that. Um, I'm sure we have. Not off the top of my head. I don't think so. If you think of it, you, you know, you, you can always bring up people always want to hear the crazy, um, the, the crazy celebrity moments. So tell us a little bit about, uh, well, you know, you know, Noe's, uh, NASA story. No, no. When the Maccabees went to Houston, um, since Noe wears his astronaut suit in the Maccabees. Noe Jacobson is the one who wears the astronaut suit because he's from Houston. Right. So, um, which is actually why NASA put the candlelight video on their website when it was big. Cause wow. They, they did they take it funny. up to the moon? That's a stupid, stupid comment. Um, we, uh, so Noe, so there was a concert in Houston. Noe went down and one of the Jewish guys down there who works in NASA was like, oh, when you guys come, I'm going to take you for a tour, like a behind the scenes tour of NASA. So they went and they were, I guess like behind the glass, like if you go, you can look through the glass and look down at what, um, you know, all the computers and stuff they use. Um, but they were inside. So some other tour was coming around, saw people inside and started waving and like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And Noe's like, oh my God, they, they know me. This is amazing. And the guy's like, actually, they think you're astronauts. <laughs> so well, they, so well he, he does play one on to, TV. So Noe like, salutes them <laughs> and they were very happy. That's certainly, and he plays an astronaut on TV. That's more than most of us uh, can say. Exactly. Or on YouTube. Uh, so so Stanford has a similar goal to the Mac Beach. Can you tell us a little bit about the video? I, I, I encourage everybody to go on to YouTube, search for Stanford Music. That's S-T-A-N-D-F-O-U-R Music. Um, and you will get to the video. The video is called... Eight nights. Yes, I've watched it many times. I will not. Uh, I will not lose listeners by trying to sing it. So, what was the inspiration behind the video? Um, and I, it, it's a mashup, correct? Yes. Which means that which it, means it's a combination of a few songs. But they're all Jewish. All the words are changed from those even original songs. It's correct. Just different tunes. They've all been changed to um, what we like to think are meaningful lyrics about uh, Jewish values, ideas, or holidays. So eight nights is uh, is the song. What was the inspiration behind besides the Hanukkah holiday behind the video theme behind things in the video? Um, well, you gotta when we're looking at songs, you gotta find songs that are catchy because um, nobody wants to hear you mash up songs that weren't so catchy to begin with. Um, and we we want to spread um, in this particular one. We know that people have become more aware of what Hanukkah is. Um, Candlelight, the mission was to literally explain Hanukkah in um, in a fun fun way. And now that people know it, um, it was more of a meaningful, um, like there are silly parts in the song, especially mine, um, where I talk about you know throwing in random Jewish references because that's what these YouTube videos have become in terms of uh, all the Jewish groups that decide to... Oy vey. Exactly. Um but other parts are talking about what um, what do we st- it's what do we stand for, which is you know obviously the cheesy play on words that um, we are a stand for. But but what do you stand for? And uh, I think you should read the lyrics. And have you got any feedback on those lyrics yet, or it's taking time to take off? Yeah, no, thank God, um, thank God, we've gotten a lot of feedback, um, and getting Facebook, Twitter, everybody's. Uh, and is this group also available to perform around the country, bar mitzvahs, stuff like that? Or? We are definitely, possibly available. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, like I said, we're trying to go at a, at a slower pace than uh, traveling every week. But we, one of the one of the favorite, one of my favorite things is performing. Um, we love to perform, and I don't think we'd ever be able to stop. Um, so we're always open to. Perform. And if somebody wanted to book you, how would they do that? Stand for music at gmail.com. So that's again S T A N D F O U R music at gmail.com. How do you spell music? M U S I C. There you go. There you go. Now you have to spell uh, anti disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> I can do it. You could do it? I can do it. Can you say the ABCs backwards? Z Y X. No. I, Seriously? Z Y X W V U. I don't know. Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. That's all I got. That's all you got. Well, that's more than I can do. I'm sure that's more than Stan can do. Um, so, uh, so, so the face recognition is certainly something that uh, that I think people envy. Uh, and 
you know, you're going around the world and you're doing all these crazy things. Has it um, at all affected your ability to, do you think, besides the private part, besides the private part of the whole thing, taking away your privacy, is there any other effect that you think it has on you? Um, has it helped you in business? Has it helped you do certain things? Um, just just building connections? Or you think it's just a, you know, it's just there and that's what happens? Um, I think it sometimes can benefit um start a relationship whether it's business or 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 not um when somebody sees you and is excited to see you for whatever reason i guess in this case see because i was in a video um it it always helps when the person's excited to see you and excited to be in um conversation with you um but i don't i don't think it's it feels it feels great to get recognized but i i don't think people should envy it <laughs> i'll tell you my favorite thing my favorite thing is to watch the parody like the parodies of your videos like the little kids that can't like say the words they're like you know making up the words they go along that was yeah there's one quick story that uh sorry to interrupt you no keep that going. um somebody sent people send us videos of their children trying to sing our song um and it's very adorable and there's one i guess non-religious um family and their kids knew all the words by heart and they're singing on top of their lungs and we say um there's a line that says we say we say alhanisim and we say maostur so when they do it they're like we say alhasam and we're like wait what what did they say and for maostur they said mazdador we say mazdador and it was so the next video it was amazing it was so so funny mazdador but it's it's so cute to watch, and and thank God for YouTube because we all get to watch those things. We all get to benefit from it, um, and that you know that's certainly. <laughs> I just think about all the ones like after you watch one video and then you keep clicking through YouTube. Absolutely. So you end up the next thing you know you spent a half hour watching this little kid and then that little kid and then a video that sounds creepy. If you <laughs> sounds a little creepy, but if you put it up on YouTube, you know it's 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 right. it's the it, public world. Right, it just doesn't make you less creepy for watching all of them. Uh. It may be better than watching TV at your desk all day. At work. I like the I like if like a baby's crying and you hand him a computer of a magazine playing and he like stops crying. Oh, you've had those? A few of them. That's so cute. That's right. We're we're babysitting service. Babysitting service again. If you want to hire them for a babysitting service, email them stand for music. Mag- That's F O U R. Go to for that <laughs> at gmail um, at gmail dot com. Um, so you, I don't even, I don't even know um, where to go from here. Uh, so you. You went to YU, is that correct? Yes, sir. I should know that. I'm your best friend. And you majored in psychology. We were actually, weren't we supposed to room together a few times? We were supposed to room together. But here's actually a lesson in life. This is actually something interesting to talk about. We, as best friends, you actually made the, what I think was the right decision not to room with me. You said, I don't think it would be good for our friendship. First of all, because I'm the guy who gets up earlier and is more responsible and is cleaner. And does is that what homework. I said? <laughs> you know, no, no, that's what you meant. But... But certainly it's an interesting friendship lesson to both know, and this is a lesson for life, uh, friendship, marriage, things like that. Like you have to know both the strengths and the weaknesses and sometimes- Right, marriage, two- I don't think you guys should room together. <laughs> I didn't say it. That would solve, that would solve my marriage. <laughs> no, um, I think that, that it's the question of what are the boundaries that, that everybody needs to know and have the emotional intelligence it's called to know the other person and to know them well enough. So sometimes that's knowing well enough to not do something or to not do something in that way. Right. I, when it comes to you, I don't think there are so many boundaries. There are definitely, but we didn't live together. Well, that's because I chose my other best Cause friend. Because you, cho- you chose the other best friend, and then you chose some guy that you met at the University of Maryland for Shabbos. He meant more to me than you he, did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Literally went for Shabbos to the University of no, Maryland. You were you were an apartment. You were, I don't know, you'd love to be an apartment right off the bat. I, I was. wanted to dorm. I wanted the dorm life a little bit. I did not dorm, but had I known I could have been your roommate, maybe I would have uh, dormed with you. Thought you were staying Shana Bet. Uh, I thought I was staying Shana Bet. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out. Uh, the the more famous Nachum. Exactly. Actually, just a wave to us in the studio. That's Nachum Siegel. Uh, the Thursday night extravaganza with Nachum comes up next at 7 p.m. So stay tuned for that. Um, again, you're listening to the Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Daniel Gordon. Uh, I'm joined by Nachum Joel. You can uh, email us your questions if you have them at. Uh, Daniel at NachumSiegel.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L at Nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, Siegel.com. So uh, if, uh, if, 
Wow. Somebody actually just emailed in a question. They <laughs> said, Jerusalem theater over the White House? Question mark. Hmm. Okay. That's a, it's a valid point. Well, well, you guys were kind of prophets because you did sing to President Obama four more years as he, he, he botched the song when he sang it in front of the nation. I but. thought he was great. We were going to take him. You were going to right there. Stand was he, he was he the fifth guy in Stand Five? We were. I mean, yeah, but he got reelected. Exactly. <sighs> Interesting. You know, if four years from now, if there's still a place in Stand Five, President Obama, you heard it, you you heard it here first. You can, invitation. I would like to tell you an interesting story. You know, we spoke earlier about how a lot of people who I work with were shocked. Not shocked, but like, they're like, I've been doing this 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, and my friend or my friend's son, or even my son in your case, um, is making this great impact. So I actually remember right after you guys went to the White House and you performed there, so your father came back to work and he said that there was a Marine guarding the Blue Room. You guys were in the Blue Room, is that correct? Yeah. So you're in the Blue Room and there's a Marine guarding the Blue Room. So here he is your father and the president of the university, but let's just use your father for this story. And he wants to get to see his son. And the Marine's like, sorry, sir, you can't go in there. And he's like, that's my 24, 25 year old son. And I, sorry, sir, this place is <laughs> exclusively for the <laughs> Maccabees. That's right. I, and you told me actually, speaking of the white house, you told me that when you went to the white house, um, and thank you to the person who wrote that in, um, certainly a good, uh, topic of conversation. Um, but when you went to the White House that you guys almost didn't believe that that, that that it was happening until you like showed up and rolled down the window and there you were. Yeah. I mean we kinda like rolled in in some entrance. We didn't even know if it was the right entrance. They're like, yes. And we're like, um, we're here to perform. And they're like, Yeah, okay. And they just let us in. Like, oh that was easier than expected. But then um we didn't honestly I didn't think I'd end up meeting the president just because he's a very busy guy and I know how I know how it works where it's like plan to, oh, we'd look, you know, we'd, if there's time, we'd love to say hi and everything. And we're waiting there. And out of nowhere, out of the blue, he walks in and he's a big guy, tall, stands up straight. And we're like, oh my gosh. And he shook all of our hands and then asked how um, our group got started. And we were, we were so, um, we were in such shock that we gave like the sissiest answer. We're like, uh, we sent out an email around YU, <laughs> if anybody wanted to join an acapella group. And he's like, wow, inspirational. No, he's like, oh, okay. And we're like, oh, oh, man, definitely could have, definitely thought of something better than that. But you guys had practiced the little four more years thing before, or that was on the spot? It's actually, um, it's actually something we do at concerts with different words, um, where we teach barbershop uh, music. And we, it's called a barbershop tag. So we just changed the words to that. It was a last minute uh, decision. And it was great. We didn't think he'd want to sit through the entire Candlelight song. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he would have started flipping latkes in the White House. What I, what I actually, I mean, meeting the president is certainly amazing. Um, but also being in the White House. Like you guys were in the White House. It wasn't just like you go on the tour of the White House. I don't even know. I think they've even limited the tours more than they did before. But you don't get into those rooms where they actually have the meetings and where you actually... You guys were like in there and doing that. Right. Whole thing. I mean, we didn't obviously we didn't get to like see the Oval Office, and that would have been, you know, amazing. But we were in many different color rooms that they are creatively named after their color, um, and the whole thing was just unbelievable. You're like, what am I doing here? So you started with the president. I believe you guys ended with Mincha in the under some under a famous picture. George Washington. Really, yeah. Mincha under George Washington. Not. We're bowing to him. <laughs> but that's an amazing statement. It's an amazing statement about America that here these uh, Jewish kids, uh, 14, I believe, of them, uh, came into the White House and saying, and then it came time for Mincha, and there was no question. Here's this group, and doesn't matter where we are, we're going we're gonna to do what, what, what we have to do regardless of the situation. Have you guys like had those kinds of, I guess, religious experience? I mean, you flew to China, did all these things, so these are just interesting well, you know, it was funny. Hong Kong was the opposite of what we all thought. We went there, and there was like a JCC, and it's it's like we didn't leave. There are tons of um, people from England, from um, Australia, Israel that come there to do business in Hong Kong, and there's a whole community that we didn't. It's a community of commuters. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I've never seen it. So if anybody out there listening wants to send me to Hong Kong, I will. I think I will try to. Here, here is I'll I will. Come, do, I'll come with you. I will do my best. To do a live show from Hong Kong. So Daniel at NachamCO.com. Stan, we're going to need a producer, by the way. Are you in? I don't, I, well, 
here's the thing. I don't fly, so I will have you to. You don't fly? We're going to need a boat. I need a boat, so I would have to leave earlier than you. You and John Madden? Yeah. Have you, you never never flown? I've flown. I've, I've been trouble on the plane two out of the four times I've flown. I'm that not was, flying with was, him. I'll go on my own flight. Yeah, how about this? You take your... <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a week in advance. I actually I, I actually hate flying. It's just a means to an end. Um, I People who enjoy it, I never understood it. You actually I enjoy like flying. It. It's like there you are, and I think it's it's that false sense of um, of security that I have. You know, the statistics, the famous statistic is you're more likely some somebody's more likely to happen to you three times, and also somebody's more likely to happen to you driving your car. Right. But there's some false sense of security. And by the way, for all those out there, I will give you a friendly piece of advice: turbulence is not dangerous. Did you know that? I did not. The most I'm not going to say the most dangerous parts of flying, but turbulence actually not taking off and landing. Maybe uh, <laughs> turbulence is uh, turbulence is just moving through the air pockets, and the radar is such that no plane could be that close to anyway. So it's not as if the pilot isn't con- isn't in con- you're you're th- hundreds of thousands, you're thousands of feet above the ground. So it's not as if you're going to go crashing into the ground. But I hate flying. Every time I feel like I'm falling asleep, there's turbulence, and I can't fall asleep. <laughs> I can I can sleep on a plane. Uh, you're like my dad. Well, it also helps if you're traveling like six a.m. And come back midnight, you're you're ready to fall asleep on on anything. But I've been on like the best and worst airlines. There are ones with no legroom, no TVs, no nothing. So give us your inside scoop. No, I can't do that. Can't do that. Tell us the best. I've got airline. miles on best all. Best airline. Of them. Best airline. <laughs> JetBlue is wonderful. That's what I like to. Hear. I love JetBlue. They're they're great. And they have free snacks. Most of them are kosher. Yeah, those are amazing. Amazing. And take as many as you want. Take and the tomato juice is great. That, I would not be able to comment on. You can Spi- ask my wife. Spicy Bloody Mary mix. She she drinks the tomato juice on planes? No, but probably closer than me doing it. Um another another tick on the page. Uh the um Wow. Uh so so you fly a lot. When was the last time you flown? The last time you I flew? flew last time I flew maybe uh right to the go to the YU annual conference. I flew to Florida to Florida, yeah. That's like an, it was an hour. Yeah. By the way, flying the, the flights have gotten shorter and shorter. Like you go to California, it's like a four hour ordeal if you take only check in if check in baggage, but it's not so bad. It's right. not the time. I was once on a flight on the way back. My my parents are in Israel, so there are a few things. I my father's amazing. You you're paid to say that, um, and he's my father, so I'm going to say it. Um, he's amazing. He's, so, he's just so great. He's on the way. Uh, he's at, he, he's actually in Israel now, um, and that's why he's not listening to the show. But he's in Israel now, and my father will get on a plane and will sleep literally from takeoff. That's it. Like he'll pretend to read and be out like a light, just like when he comes to the office. We'll Promise he does it when he's driving. Yeah, and whatever. So there he is, and he gets on the plane. So that's something I envy because every time I try to sleep, I feel there's turbulence. And when I was a senior in high school, I was I went to Israel for um, winter break with my father and my brother to look at a one year um, yeshivot. Oh, thank you. Somebody just texted me. I went to Las Vegas um, since my since Champions Gate. My wife just corrected me on that one. Thank you, Aviva. Love you. Um, I went to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a great place. We went um, in the end of the summer. So we flew. But for some reason, whenever I fly... What airline? What airline did we fly? Aviva, if you could <laughs> email in again what airline we flew. I think it was JetBlue. I think it was JetBlue um, that we flew. So I was once on the plane back from Israel on this Thanksgiving trip, and I had fever. I was so sick. So I did the selfish thing and went on the plane anyway because I wanted to get home. And I remember I could not sleep the whole flight, and there was crazy turbulence. And Ravgovicht was on my flight. I was senior in high school and like this, you know, Rosh Hashim and why he was on the flight. So every time there was turbulence, I said to myself, God can't make this plane crash with Govelt is on it. <laughs> and it like kept me sane. And to this day, God's I thank thinking, him for that. But Daniel's there. I don't know. I'm torn. Thank God with Govelt is just that great. Um, so uh, we have only a few minutes left. So if you have, again, you are listening to the stunt show on the Nachum Siegel Network coming up next, um, waiting in the side in the side room to the studio is Nachum Siegel getting ready for the Thursday night extravaganza. Um, in the batter's box. On deck. Good name. On, on deck, deck circle. circle. Um, he's like waving a bat and everything. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. He's so terrible, tall. Though. Terrible for him. He's, to- he's so tall that the ceiling is like uh, shaking, but no big deal. Um, it's his studio, not mine. Uh, and uh, I'm joined by Nachum Joel, uh, star, one of the four stars, four members um, and founders of Stand For. Um, and I wanted to uh, just take the opportunity to thank Nachum uh, for joining us. It's been a great ride. And to thank you for putting up with me and being my friend. This has actually been a dream of mine for a while. Really? And, uh, yeah. I really uh, anytime appreciate you, it. Anytime you want to come back, I will fit you into the schedule. <laughs> well, who's the guest on the 7 o'clock show? Who's the guest? I don't know. I, I don't know if Nachum has a guest. Uh, 
that that would actually be funny. Nachum and Nachum, and then you could have people call in and hear how they say your name. The Nachum and Nachum show. I think we have something golden here. Or you could call it the Nachum and Nachum show, That's if true. you want. You know, and all the and then Nachum also. Um, is that the worst pronunciation, Nachum? Um, believe it or not, I've gotten Malcolm. They they <laughs> they actually changed the first letter and reading, throw, reading and throw an L in there. Reading it and Malcolm. Yeah, I mean like they're reading the paper. Are you Malcolm? No, but. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Malcolm it is, but but Andrew is your is your is your work name. Andrew is my work name, and that's because you didn't want to deal with the cousin. Yeah, starting a conversation. Hi, I'm Nachum, and then being like Malcolm. What, what'd you say? It's just not a great way to start. So so why didn't you just go with Malcolm? I don't I don't really think I come across as a as a Malcolm. By the way, for anybody for for anybody who's interested, although I don't know if anybody will, when Nachum was choosing this name, we were seniors in college. And he was deciding what to do. And he's like, oh, I, I need to get an English name because my parents named me in English also, Nachum. So I'm like, why don't you just go all out? And he's like, ah, I don't know. Maybe Adam, maybe Andrew. I'm like, D'Artagnan. I didn't ever want to be a musketeer. Dar- just imagine, just imagine a business card, D'Artagnan. I Joe. couldn't even spell it. You could make like, it up. Oh, how do you spell it? Like, I'm not sure. Just sound Dar- it out. Sound D'Artagnan. Uh, so, so that, <laughs> D'Artagnan. Uh, so... That uh, so I want to thank you again. I want to thank you for My being uh, a friend. If anybody me. again, uh, that's Nach, that's Nachum. I was gonna say Siegel. That's Nachum Joel. Um, anybody who uh, wants to get in touch with the new group Stand For uh, can get in touch with them at Stand For Music. That's S T A N D F O U R, not F O R. Uh, music M U S I C um, at gmail.com. Thank you, Nachum. Uh, and again, anytime you want to come back, uh, love to have you. Thank you, sir. Uh, so. It is time for everyone's favorite part of the show, or at least mine, um, and that is the country music segment. This month's song is Everyday Heroes by Brooks and Dunn. If you can, please stop what you're doing and pause for four minutes and 37 seconds and take the whole song in. I'll react afterwards. seem to reach out to those who cannot help themselves some people have ears to hear the cries of those in need they show us how much they can with quiet sympathy
That was Everyday Heroes by uh, Brooks and Dunn. Um, and the question is, why did I choose uh, this song for tonight's show? Uh, I chose it because there are everyday heroes all around us, and we all have the chance to become one. The question is, do we choose to recognize these heroes or just overlook them? Do we take advantage of the chances that each one of us gets each and every day to be someone's everyday hero? I was shaken by the tragedy that took place last week at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. I was driving in my car on Erev Shabbos, when I heard the news, and I was so shocked that literally all I could do was cry. But then I heard the story of the teacher, Victoria Le Soto. Ms. Soto was reported to have attempted to hide several of her, of her students in a closet and cupboards. As the shooter entered her classroom, Ms. Soto reportedly told them that the children were in the auditorium. Several of the children then came out of their hiding places and tried to run for safety, but unfortunately they were ki- killed. Soto put herself between her students and the shooter, who then fatally shot her. Six surviving children from Soto's class crawled out of the cupboards after the shooting and fled the school. Six beautiful and special lives saved by an everyday hero, by my everyday hero, Victoria Le Soto. So as we spend the holiday season with our families and friends, let us all remember Miss Soto, all the victims of the Sandy Hook school shooting, and honor them by becoming everyday heroes. I may not succeed, but I'm sure going to do my best. So, you have been listening to the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Daniel Gordon, and thank you again for making me and for making us a part of your evening, week, and month. A quick shout-out to my good friend, Lizzie Wallach. Lizzie, thank you for listening, and as always, thank you for the feedback. Coming up next is the Thursday Night Extravaganza with Nachum Siegel. Join Nachum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 a.m. as he hosts JM in the AM live here on NachumSiegel.com and on 91.1 FM. Make sure to tune in as as Nachum is joined by Malcolm Honline for his weekly update. And don't miss Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by Avrami Finkelstein, live here on the stream, as well as at NachumSeagull.com at 10 p.m. this Saturday night. This show will be rebroadcast Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on the Nachum Seagull Network here at NachumSeagull.com. And tune in next week at this time for the next edition of The Stunt Show with Gorf, Jordan B. Gorfinkel. And at the end of next month, when you pay your bills, and check the batteries in your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Remember to tune into the Stun Show to hear me four weeks from tonight at 6 p.m. Thank you, Stan. As always, it was a pleasure working with you. Hope it's not another three months till I see you again. Hopefully not. This has been good. If it is, be well. It's always a pleasure. Same here. Thank you to Nachum Joel, who along with being the best friend a guy could ask for, is also a member of the brand new Jewish acapella group Stand For. Go on YouTube and check out their new video. They're awesome. And contact them at standformusic at gmail.com. That's S-T-A-N-D-F-O-U-R-M-U-S-I-C at gmail.com. In case you forgot, tonight's country song was Everyday Heroes by Brooks and Dunn. Once again, I welcome your honest feedback during the show and after and whenever uh, and comments at daniel at nachumsegel.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L at nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, Siegel, S-E-G-A-L.com. 
I hope you have gained something from this hour, and I hope that this show will gain its inspiration and content from you, the listeners. For the past three months, I have closed the, the show with my favorite quote from a sports figure of all time, Jimmy Valvano, in his famous speech at the ESPY Awards, where he talks about his new mission in life. This month has been a difficult one for all of us. So I would like to close by paraphrasing my favorite U.S. president, Jed Bartlett, from the great TV show The West Wing. In the episode 20 Hours in America from season four of The West Wing, President Bartlett, played by Martin Sheen, delivers an uplifting speech after two pipe bombs go off in a school, killing 44 people. It is one of the finest moments in one of television's most acclaimed series. I have changed the information to reflect last week's tragedy, and I hope you can take the time to listen and internalize its message. So this is what President Bartlett said. More than any time in recent history, America's destiny is not of our own choosing. We did not seek nor did we provoke an assault on our freedom and our way of life. We did not expect nor did we invite a confrontation with evil. Yet the true measure of a people's strength is how they rise to master that moment when it does arrive. 26 people were killed a couple days ago at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. 20 children and 6 adult staff members were killed including Principal Don Hochsprung and school psychologist Mary Sherlock. When, after hearing gunshots in the hallway, they immediately left the room and rushed to the source of the sounds and confronted the shooter. They ran in to the line of fire. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels tonight. There are students and our teachers and our parents and our friends. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels, but every time we think we have measured our capacity to meet a challenge, we look up and we're reminded that that capacity may be, well be limitless. This is a time for American heroes. And I will add, this is a time for everyday heroes. We will do what is hard. We will achieve what is great. This is a time for American heroes. And we reach for the stars. There's not much more that can be said to follow up that. So, stay tuned for the Thursday Night Extravaganza with Nachum Siegel. See you next month. Goodbye.